Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'll be the one to take the risk to go and get them bands. I'll be the one to never sit and go and make a plan. Knowing my mother getting old now, I don't no time. Gotta keep a couple for the road, the rest get left behind. Yeah. To the hundreds, pledge allegiance, I stand. I'm going to pull a four in the f***ing white sand. I give it all to this f***ing mic stand. If it's been done before, then I know I can. I'm on the rise, I'm trying to keep a level yes sir yes sir yes sir yo what's the deal y'all hope all is well welcome back to another episode i'm duke i'm omar i'm jalan and this is another episode of the number one podcast in los angeles nice and neat what's up my brothers how y'all man you know we um we are i think we just do for just a good like What's going on with us type of episode? And I I got this thought because um, I wanted to I wanted to actually just ask you, Duke, because I don't want to I don't want everybody to just assume, but I want to ask you um, because of the comments. I see comments, you know, people always asking like, "When are you gonna propose?" You know, and I feel like when we're thinking about these next progressions in our life, like these are sacred decisions that we're doing. Mm -hmm. And for us to be sharing these decisions with, you know, not only just our friends, but our audience and kind of showcasing our lifestyle and things like that. Like, I feel like those questions are extremely invasive. So I just, I do want to clear the air on just this question, Duke. is your philosophy around marriage, is that something that you want to do eventually one day? Yeah. That's the question. That's all I need to know. And I think that's everybody. That's all they need to know. <laughs> In the discussion. That's In the it. discussion. In the discussion. Okay. In the discussion. You, you desire to get married one day. And, and that's all people need to know. And that's all people need to and know. And that's all they're entitled to know right now. Yes. And when, they, when I get married, they'll know. Absolutely. Right. When I propose, they'll know. Okay. Correct. Yeah, I think you know, so. I'm, yeah, I stand by that one. I agree too. You know, I, I, I think you know we was talking about it off camera. You know, very similar to you asking somebody, without them discussing it to you, are you pregnant? And they just overweight. Right, right. I think so. My my take on it is because I want to be fair. I put my relationship on social media. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've invited people to just get familiar with me and my relationship, right? I share a lot of things. I don't share everything, but I share a lot of things, right? So I understand there may be some type of infatuation or just admiration or whatever, right? I understand that. But I feel like within that, we all have social, unwritten unwritten social rules, right? Or unwritten codes that we know that, hey, yo, we should kind of adhere to this, right? So to your point about me seeing a woman who, you know, looks a little bigger in the belly and saying, yo, are you pregnant, right? When, when she may just be gaining weight, right? Or me seeing a woman and saying, hey, yo, like, thinking in my head, yo, she looks kind of old. Like, how old are you? 
right? So asking certain questions, we just know that even though we think them, even though we, we have that right to be like curious about it, I still think there's a certain etiquette that I would like to see and I think people should have towards certain things, right? And I know people be asking me, but beyond me, those types of questions can affect my partner, right? And you got to think about if you ask a man or you ask a couple or a woman or whatever, if you say, yo, when y'all getting married, right? As a woman, a woman has no idea when she's getting married or when she's being proposed to. I can have an idea, but I'm not telling y'all that. Why would I, t- <laughs> why, why would I tell you? Why? Like, people, uh, okay, you know what's crazy? People say, yo, when are you guys getting married? Like, I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> why would I tell you before I tell her? It's actually a very, very silly question. That's crazy to me, right? Yeah. Why would somebody ever ask me, what, when I'm getting married, because like it's it's what I'm supposed to say. I'm not. Or well, it's two things I can say. I'm not, or yo, I'm getting married this date. Both very silly, All right? So I think that like I, like I said, man, I understand when people get enamored with just like relationships and they feel like yo, I'm connected to this person, so I feel like I could be invasive and ask this question. But I don't think that's right. You know, I don't really do that to no one. So. I wouldn't expect that to expect nobody to do that to me. So with Omar, you being somebody who has, you are engaged, um, I think it's important to consider taking these steps. <clears throat> you are, I believe us as men, we know when we taking steps, there's a different level of requirement out of us. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm the same person or any of those things. And sometimes you may say, I don't have my ducks in a row in order to be who I want to be in this step of that life. So I want to ask you about imposter syndrome, right? As you were leading up to your engagement, was there certain things that you needed to do to where you're like, yo, in order for me to be this engagement, I need to take care of this, or I need to relinquish this, or I need to pick this up. What did that, that whole process look like for you? Um, if there wasn't anything in particular that I felt like I needed to put down or I needed to stop, you know what I mean? It was kind of just like a, a feeling, man. I felt like I was just in a good space and I was ready to take that next step. You know what I mean? And even upon taking the next step, to add what, what you're saying, right? I realized I took a step up and there's a lot of work to be done here. You know what I mean? There's a lot of work to be done here on this level, even though I feel like I'm ready for the next level, right? To move on in terms of marriage, from this engagement to marriage, right? But you realize you go from one level, from one phase of being in this relationship, this committed relationship to now being in the engagement process. And the engagement process is really like a trial run to see if you guys truly want to become married. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I just, I just again, there was nothing in, in, in particular that I had to let go of to be solidified in, in my in my decision making and moving forward. Um, but I will say though that there is a another level of like um, what's the for the lack of better words it kind of just feels like just more eyeballs or more under more underneath the microscope now that I am engaged you know what I mean I feel like uh, mistakes are more costly I feel like um, everything is magnified everything is magnified time is time is more valuable um, you know. Um, yeah, the, the little things that may have just been able to brush over, it may, it may become something serious now at this stage, you know what I mean? Um, so I, I've, I've been more focused on being dialed in and, and not trying to be overwhelmed 
by the things becoming magnified at this space. Um, and I, th I think that's that's all I've ever that's all I've been focused on in this in this process. It's not letting go of anything or stop doing something that I wasn't doing or that I was doing in the past um, to be a good fiance. I honestly feel like I was I'm already a great fiance. You know, I feel like I was a great fiance before I even made the mm -hmm. the, the proposed the question to ask her to become my fiance. Um, but imposter syndrome is real, and, and anybody could get that. You know what I mean? But that's not something that I don't believe that's not something that I dealt with. Yo, when people ask questions like, you know, and well, in my case, you know, when are you going to propose to her, right? Do you think that comes from a lack or do you think that comes from mistrust of a black man? Right? Because, like, it's almost like, yo, I just don't trust that. I've seen so many black men mm. mess this up. So I just don't see it happening with you. I just feel like you're going down that road. You know what I mean? Does that come from a place of mistrust? Because if I if if I'm do if I do everything right and I and I say, yo, this is the woman that I, I want to marry, right? Then what's making you what would make you ask that question? Unless you didn't believe what I'm saying. So I'm not going to put a blanket on it of yes or no. Um, I think for some people it could come from a place of uh, true, true excitement from, from some people. Just like, yo, I'm, I'm really excited to see the next level of you guys' life together and what that progression looks like. I think for some people that I'll put into that box of mistrust that you're talking about, I'll also couple it with just hate. Um, mm. in a sense of, yeah, we've seen this before. We'll see, we'll see how far he goes. Mm. But why would they, why would those people ask? Um, those people, I don't think those people would ask. They would silently just. Nah, people, people do things out of just to be facetious. Yep. So to ask a question of. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. Of without thinking, I believe there's a lot of facetious undertone that goes into that because it said, when are you getting married? What date am I supposed to give you for that? If it's a true question. That's a, that's a, it's, that's not a, that's not a real question. Right, it's not a real question, bro. Like, because a real, real questions require real answers. So, like, if I seen a question and said, "Yo, do you plan on getting married?" I can take it offensive, but somebody may truly be wanting to understand what my philosophy is on relationship. Right. That they may not understand what my philosophy is on relationship. So, I know a lot of people who may be sitting in silent may have a real question of like, "Yo, I don't want to put what." my philosophy is of relationship on Duke. I don't want to put what my philosophy is on relationship on O. And I use that because when I talk about relationship, I have, I don't, I don't make a girl my girlfriend to see if I want to marry her. If I make her my girlfriend, it's because I do want to marry her and then we'll get engaged and then we'll get married. Some people are just like, nah, I made her my girlfriend because she was cute. Mm-hmm. That's not my philosophy. So when I see somebody get in a relationship, I can't put my philosophy on that person 
to be like, yo, so you plan, you want to marry her, right? I can't, because that's just the way I think about things. That's the way that I was groomed to think in this process. Everybody's not like that. So I think in order to fully, fully kind of have true conversation and true understanding, before you jump to a place of assumption, you got to understand what somebody's philosophy is. And I think those questions actually just look different. People are definitely missing that. Yeah. Right, because it, in order in order for it to come from a genuine place, you do have to understand my ideas around it. You know, hey, what it, what what process are we going through to make sure that we don't just get married, but we stay married? You know what I mean? What questions are like? What are the complications we're having? Right? Do we want kids together? Right? Do we have health concerns? And I think people bypass all those things and just assume that, hey, yo, you know, you talk about your woman this way. Right. Well, and you you've been with her this long, so it can only it's only one thing you guys got left to do. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's so many things beyond that that I think people forget. Right. And I also think this problem kind of trickles into like real life situations with with that people have. Right. Because people kind of feel pressured, you know, a weaker person or maybe a more susceptible person can feel pressured to just, man, like, I don't know what people are going to say. Right. Everyone's expecting me to get married. Let me just get married. Right oh, and do and something they, and, way prematurely, and they get they get married prematurely, and then people can say, "Oh, well, that's a weak man." Yeah, whatever that happens, right? Or a woman can hear, be hearing all this chatter from the outside. Mm-hmm. Man, you've been with him for four years. You've been with him for five years. Like, girl, you better like hurry start and get handing married. out ultimatums. You better hurry up mm-hmm. and get married. And the whole time she thinking like, "Yo, me and this man, we kind of going with our own at our own pace because there's some things that we need to make sure we're in alignment with." Mm-hmm. Because the goal is not to just get married, but to stay, stay married, married and to have a great marriage yep. and have great communication, right? And be able to do all those things. And I think that's not something that you just get from just jumping into it based on how many years we've been. Yeah. Right. And I think people bypass that part where, like, that type of mindset, that type of um, energy that you guys give to people can ultimately like hurt, like the 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 overall landscape of dating and relationships because people are influenced. Yeah. Right. So I would advise anyone who's who who steps outside of their boundaries um, and and kind of ask invasive questions to couples that have you know have long term commitments. Like stop asking them that because you don't know what that could do to them. Yeah. I would even take it a step further. It's just like yo, if, I understand that we build these you know, relationships with audiences mm-hmm. online, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so it feels comfortable, but like to ask these questions because they feel like they know us. Like I'm not your homie. And that's what I'm getting at. We're not friends. I'm not your homie. I wasn't going to say it like that. I would, <laughs> but, but, not, but seriously though, we're not, we're not friends because if we were friends, I would call you and ask you all yeah. those questions that you were saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Because I truly do care. These people that are asking these questions online, they don't even care. Right. They don't. I mean, honestly, they just really, they just really nosy. They just really nosy. They just really nosy. Just really nosy, and they feel like that they can ask us because we made them feel comfortable <laughs> with really the content nosy. that we've created over the time. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You think people be just sitting up on a regular Wednesday? You ain't popped up on their timeline like. I wonder when Duke get married. married. <laughs> when Duke get married. <laughs> no, you nah. know the, the worst times though. The worst times be when I post something positive, and they just try to ruin the whole moment. Yep. That's the worst time. Right? I think I posted some spiritual stuff like, I think October or something like that. And it was just like, 
super positive, and then I'm getting like negative comments from like, yo, this is the worst time. Like you are, you're going over and beyond to try to emphasize your point. All right, I ain't like it. Man, you know, I think a lot of people kind of use social media to project mm-hmm. a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes people are projecting in the things that they want or sometimes people are projecting in the experiences that they've had. Mm-hmm. And that's just not how I use social media. Yeah. So when I see it, I'm like, oh, that's kind of ugly. And I don't, I don't really like it a lot. But also in that, because this is going to kind of help us transition to what we're going to get to as well, when people do project or people say nasty things about me or people say certain things about you, I love that you're able to stay within the, like, I know who I am and I know what I'm doing. Something that's important to me is knowing who I am, knowing who I'm doing, knowing what I'm doing. I think the number one rule in life that I always say is know thyself. Like, none of that, nothing else matters if you don't know who you are. Right. So... Outside pressures don't really they don't right. really move me right. fully like that. I know who I am. I've been right. a strong, intelligent, spiritual black man my entire life. My dad told me that. My parents put that in me. So somebody on user 736 on Instagram <laughs> can't blank, tell me can't that tell me nothing. They can't tell me I'm not that. You know, and anything that doesn't fall under that, you know, doesn't resonate with me. Yeah. So for you guys, when you guys, I think you guys get a lot more on the internet simply because you're a lot more public than I am. Mm-hmm. You guys get a lot more on the internet. Where do you get your ability to withstand it without having to lash out at everybody? Because there's a lot of positive comments as well. Right, right. But yeah, everybody yeah. who says the negative comments, where do you guys get that ability, that confidence in just who you are? Well, what you just said. Yeah. What you just said, right? So I feel like I w- it's very, it's a slap in the face to see all of the positive comments and then give attention to negative ones. It's a slap in the face to everyone who's championing you, who's acknowledging you, who's supporting you, who's rooting you on. It's a slap in, slap in the face to them because they didn't have to do that, Yeah. right? And now what you're saying is the negative comments are more important and hold more weight and value than the mm-hmm. positive comments, right? So it's very easy for that not to be the case because one, know yourself, all right? But then two, it's really not that bad, right? It ain't as bad as people think. Like people say, oh, it's a lot of negative comments. It's not a lot of negative comments. Like one the last post, I think one of the last posts we, we posted, I think it's almost like 1,600 comments on there. Somebody said, man, like they're going in on you. I'm like, yo, not really. <laughs> not really. I mean, if we want to be frank, I probably saw like 200 negative comments maybe, but the rest of them were pretty just impartial or positive or people agree so it's like not really you know i think that what the problem is we lean into like the the negative stuff sticks out yeah, it's hard not to notice it, it. sticks out it's hard right. not to you'd be like man all, all this good stuff and this person want to talk about this right you know what i mean because we because that's because we take the good stuff for granted yep that's how it's supposed to be yep you know but i think that if we if we just understand that yo the same type of the same type of attention we give to negative stuff, we give to the positive stuff. Like we'll always be in a good space. Nothing. It's going to be hard for things to bother us. Yeah. You know. So I kind of take that approach, man. And I also understand that everyone comes from different places. Mm-hmm. You know. And I'm like, yo, like user, user such and such. 
okay, this dude, they just trying to antagonize me. Yeah. They just doing that, right? Yeah. So just like, gonna make their day. They just trying to make their day. So yeah. like, next, you know, so things like that, you just understand it. And I think that's part of being emotionally intelligent is understanding, um, you know. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Who's trying to affect you and why they're trying to affect you? And being a step ahead and saying, yo, like, I'm not letting that bother me because I already know the game. Yeah. All right, so that's kind of my approach. But, but I mean, most things really don't bother me at all. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I would say, too, just taking it, you know, another step further, you know, dealing with negative comments, you know, criticism online, quite frankly, I've been dealing with it for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've, you know, I played pro ball before I live in this life that I do now. So before that, I played college ball. Before that, I played high school ball. Boy, been writing, people been writing negative things about me since I th- 2006. I, I thought they said boy been bright for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but seriously, you know, people have been writing negative things, whatever their opinion is. Yeah. All these things are just people's opinions. That's it. That's all it is. And everyone's entitled to their own yeah. freely, however you want. It's all good. You know what I mean? I know you won't say it to my face ever. You won't ever. You know what I mean? And if you do, hopefully we could have a constructive conversation around what you feel that I did was negative or poor in your eyes. You know what I mean? But being groomed in that lifestyle from 16 years old, you know, I'm 34 now. That's half my life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I've been dealing with media training and learning how to just ignore negative things and, and acknowledge the positive things. I mean, my mantra since 2011 has been positive living. So I'm always big up anything positive that's mm-hmm. going on on my profile, on my page, or my social handles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but we again, we can't control what how people feel and how they're going to... Um, express themselves online, you know, and online provides a big safety blanket for so many people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? People automatically feel like, oh, I'm online. I could just, I could be a bully. You know what I mean? And to add to your point, who knows? Maybe these people were bullied. And you know what I mean? People talk to Mike Tyson crazy on the internet. People talk to Mike Tyson You know what I mean? Crazy. People gonna talk crazy. You know what I mean? And a lot of people talk crazy because people have been talked crazy to them. You know what yeah. I mean? So a lot, of, a lot of stuff has to do with their experiences and who, who they deal with and what they deal with on a day-to-day. You know what I mean? But we don't let it affect us here at Nice and Neat. You know, I'll tell you that. And then you got to kind of keep things in perspective, right? I personally do not know anyone that is um, doing anything of significant value, right? making impact, making money, um, any of that, right? Going in people's comments just to antagonize them, yeah. right? It's a very yeah. low-level activity. For sure. Right? So I understand that. And if you understand that, it won't bother you as much, man. And then also another thing is like, I know we talk, we talked about the marriage thing, but outside of that, disagreement is not negative. Nope. You know? Like, it's okay for people to disagree. Like that creates healthy conversation. That creates yeah, discourse. Yep. Right. It's okay for people to disagree. So if I see somebody disagree with me or just disagree with my opinion, I'm completely fine with it and mm-hmm. it doesn't bother me at all. And I actually encourage it. You know what I mean? It's just the disrespectful things or just like the certain undertones that I question sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you said when we was off camera, you said your pops would give you a lot. Um he just instilled a lot in you. You feel like that you feel like that helped you get through those times where somebody say you was less than what you really were? For sure. You know, 
my pops put a battery pack in my back from an early age. You know what I mean? Told me I could do anything, condemned me for using the word can't. You know what I mean? We were kind of joking about it off, off, off uh, camera, but you know, I used to get popped in the knuckle for saying the word can't. You know what I mean? So my dad always made me believe that I could do whatever it is that I wanted to do. You know what I mean? And, um, and I'm not to say that my mother didn't either, but my dad was really like the, the, enfor the positive reinforcement enforcer in the house. And um, yeah, I mean, still to this day, there's not a one thing in this world that I don't believe that I can do or can't accomplish if I put my mind to it because of- if That's what you was on, yeah. Th that's what I'm, I'm still like to this day, right now, you know what I mean? If I start something, if I start something, even if I'm trash at it, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't, it won't be for long. It won't be for long. It won't be for long. I'm mm. just gonna keep practicing. I'm gonna keep practicing. My pops told me practice make perfect. And we know there's nothing, there is nothing perfect. So you, you can be practicing for a long time. If you're trying to reach that perfection, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, my, you know, my pops taught me that it's okay to, like, go through that process of practicing and trying to reach that perfection, even though you know we'll never reach it. Mm -hmm. But so what? Work. And don't let anybody tell you you can't do nothing. That shit right there, man. I, that shit right there. <laughs> hey, no, seriously. 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 I love my pops for that. Because, my, my man, there, there's, there's a lot of men that we all know, you know what I mean, who didn't have that type of... Uh, encouragement at home or leadership or guidance at home. And yeah, man, my pops always did that for me, bro. And, um, you know, I, I like to think that anytime I get around someone young, that that kind of just trickles off for me too. You know what I mean? It doesn't even have to be my obvious. I don't have any kids, but because of how he talked to me, like I trained my cousin, I talked to her the same way. You know what I mean? Like I, I try to instill her with positive energy and to forget what the noise, the outside noise. That's what we always talk about on the track. Mm. Ignore the outside noise. There's a lot of shit going on outside of these lanes. All that matters, all that's, and this is the irony of it. The only thing that's important is your lane, mm. right? That's, that's, like, that's real life. That's the only thing that's important is your lane. There's, there's gonna be people in the stands, people in the bleachers, people cheering, people booing. There's gonna be people in the field doing a bunch of other shit that's can distract you but like only thing that matters is what's in your lane if you stay focused on your lane you have tunnel vision you'll reach the finish line you know what i mean and I, that's kind of the message i, I received from my pops mm. you know what i mean growing up Jalan, how did how did your dad affirm and edify you um growing up and how has that played a role in in you know just how you live your everyday life and your confidence and your self-esteem man as young as I can remember, my, so my dad's a coach, so I'll start there. So he got a coach's energy. My dad also is, um, he's very disciplined, very, very disciplined, very, very structured, very, very consistent. So, so it wasn't, it wasn't any confusion on what was going on in the house. Every Sunday we was in church, but Whatever was happening during that week at church, we were there too. But there was no confusion about it. There wasn't like, oh, I'm sick, I got to do this. So I knew I took that approach with sports. So practice on when you playing Pop Warner, Tuesdays, Thursdays, you practicing. Ah, Dad, I got a headache. Okay, well, you got practice. So come on, got practice. Okay, cool. All right, so I guess I got to go to practice, right? But in the midst of everything, my dad always, always, let me, my brothers, and my sister know you strong, intelligent, spiritual black man. You're a strong, intelligent, spiritual black woman. So being strong, we all need strength, whether it's emotional strength, whether it's mental strength or actual physical strength. Intelligent, we know what intelligent means. 
strong, intelligent, spiritual. I'm a spiritual being. We all are. We all are spiritual beings, whether you want to admit it or not. You could tell somebody's spirit just by speaking to them for five minutes. You know what that is. So this is something that we always had to work on. And then a black man, he always let us know there's nothing more powerful than that combination of a human being right there. So anytime we would step out outside of the house, like that's who I was. And I could be, I could, and he got so good at it to this point. I'm 32 now. I could walk out of his house. I go visit him, go walk out of his house. And he just be like, remember who you are. And I, oh dang, man. I remember it was times where I, was, I knew I was going to go do something and mess up. He'd be like, remember who you are? I'd be like, well, there go that. So, because that's not under the confines of being a strong, intelligent, spiritual black man. So I hear people talk about affirmations now. And I didn't even realize that I was getting affirmed every single day and getting equipped for what this world was going to be throwing at me for the duration of my life. And with me having a child on the way. Like, I understand how important that was to put in me, for him to tell me who I was before anybody else could. We had coach on, and that, that really rang with me. That really, really, really sat on my heart. For you, the importance of telling your children who they are before any outside voices could get to them, and also your voice being so loud in their head to where when the outside voices do come, they're just voices. They're just background noise. Like, I don't. I don't subscribe to, if somebody calls me an idiot, like they're not talking to me. Mm -hmm. that's, that's not who I am. So my dad's affirmations for us, his, his, his discipline and his consistency, um, when we had trap on and he was just like, yo, like one of the most important things about leadership and looking at a leader is you feeling like they do stuff that you can't do. My dad, bro. I see my dad go to work at 10 o'clock at night, come home at four in the morning and be up for in his, in his suit at eight o'clock in the morning and going to the office. You know, people listening to this, I don't know if you guys remember what the yellow pages was, but yep. like mm -hmm. you couldn't just go on, on Google and look at a number. Somebody had to sell you that book. My dad was in sales. So to get up and be in sales and he used to always teach us, always, you got to learn how to speak to everybody. You need to learn how to speak to white people, Hispanic people, black people. You learn how to speak well. Make sure your verbiage is really, really good, clear, and concise. If you need to learn, if you need to learn some, some Spanish in order to communicate with somebody and make them feel comfortable, pick that up as well. My dad was a, he's, he was a, he was a, a curator of us. My mom was obviously the nice, peaceful energy of the home, but my dad made sure he had his hand on us. And most importantly, my dad was, my, my parents was praying parents. Mm -hmm. My parents pray for us to this day. My dad's probably praying for me right now, bro. To this day. <laughs> to this day, you know? And um, it, 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 it showed me and understanding where you come from helps you have a better vision of knowing where you wanna go, AKA knowing who you wanna lead. So the type of father that my dad was like, I have no excuse. And I'm saying this openly in public. I have no excuse to fall short as a father because of what I know mm -hmm. and what I've seen. I see the way that people's fathers impact them and shape their lives and the importance of those things. Like, oh, you and your dad, y'all like best friends, bro. Yeah. You know, you guys argue more than probably anybody, but mm -hmm. like you guys are best friends. You guys talk every day. Mm -hmm. In certain aspects, you know, 
that I look at and I was like, man, I really want to have that. And I really want to have this. But like, as far as like what my dad did with me, I couldn't, I couldn't for a man working three, four jobs and still to put the time in and do that. Like it was, it, he was, he's truly, truly a testament to being a man of God for sure. For sure. Because a human wouldn't be able to do what he did. Mm-hmm. What about you, bro? Did your dad affirm you? Did your mom affirm you? Man, like, where do you get your 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 self esteem, your nah, confidence? I was just yeah, where you get your tenacity because, from? Because you because it like exudes yeah. through your pores, bro. So that shit got to be running deep in your DNA. I was just telling Dammy this actually. So coming from my family, I didn't verbally hear my dad or my mom say, "Yo." you're a king or you're strong or you could do anything or, you know, I didn't hear verbally, but I heard him tell other people, right? Mm -hmm. So my dad had extreme pride in telling other people about his sons. Yo, my son's going to San Jose State. He got a scholarship. My other son's going to San Jose State. He just, he's playing for the Raiders now. My other son's going to Oregon, right? So I heard Mm -hmm. that, right? So the, the, I didn't get it directly, but I still understood how much I meant, how much it meant for my dad and my mom for me to be successful. Yep. You get what I'm saying? So I think everyone kind of gets it differently. I think my tenacity just comes from just the discipline I had in my household, right? Chores, you know, folding clothes, you know, taking out the trash, everything. Once we got old enough to do all those things, it was clockwork mm-hmm. clockwork you know you made your bed every morning growing up every morning growing up wow every morning growing up right so it was you guys can't you, like you can't go outside until this is done you can't go outside until this is done so i think that's where i kind of got the discipline from and you know as far as the confidence bro man i just always been when something happens to your kitchen you might say this is ludicrous but that won't fix your home that will only get you the rapper Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. I just always kind of try to be different. Right, and you know this, right? I just tried to do something small that made me unique. And when I did that thing, I saw how other people received it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh yeah. People either look to me as an example, or they really just rock with what I'm doing. But it was trial. I just try stuff and people received it. And I was just like, okay, I got the juice. Right? <laughs> that, that's kind of my mentality. Mm-hmm. And um, I just even remember being in high school, bro. And kind of being similar to who I am now, like all the other guys would do, like be talking on the table about, you know, girls they had sex with and, you know, you know how teenagers be lying and stuff. Like yep. people, like I remember that being a thing and me just being off to the side with my girl in high school, just chilling and doing my own thing. Yep. Right. And I would do that and everyone will always say things like, hey, you just, you just smooth, bro. You just, and that's just like a compliment of saying like, hey, yo, you confident. Like, I see you, yep. right? So I just kept that up throughout my whole life. And at every junction of my life, I was the same way, you know? And I think that just carried over into adulthood, bro. But I think everything stemmed with just kind of me trying to just do things my own way and they're working, mm-hmm. right? 
I can even remember when I first started playing football, we used to wear these big ass jerseys, right? Yep. Uh-huh. They used to give us these big jerseys, but it's my first time playing. It was my second year of playing, right? And I'm like, nah, this is too big. This too big. This ain't it. This ain't it, right? And no one, boys. no one, no one's doing anything about it. Man, I said I went. To, I took it to a tailor. I took it to a tailor in high school. Oh, got that's it. oh, this boy next level. Got yeah. my tape. Got my jersey I, I, tailor. I had to tape mine up. Nah, I got my jersey tailor. Came back to school with the jersey. Yeah, everybody's like, "Yo, man, take how you do that?" You had a couple of dollars. Last Probably month, cost fifteen dollars. And you know, and you that's know, a lot of college, you're allowed in high school. You know that weekly allowance. I had what was your weekly allowance? Twenty dollars. Ooh, you 20, was up. Twenty bucks. That's up. I was, was twenty. Up. Twenty bucks. Bro, you was five days a week. That that's not that up. Gone Wednesday. Y'all was hey, hey, bro. That's gone Wednesday. Hey. Chips. Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. I wasn't getting twenty dollars. Twenty dollars five days. What you get? We don't need to talk about what I was getting. <laughs> it wasn't but, dog, up though. That's how. That's how I, I got confidence. That's how I got confidence early on, man, and just. Obviously, sports helps too. Definitely, right? If you're good in sports, that always helps. Right? It's, it's very hard to not be confident when you're good in sports. So, I'm not gonna lie. I think that helped, but most of it was just like me trying to do my own thing and in sports, bro. So that's, that's tight. I, yeah, the jersey thing that you went and got tailored. That's play. That's next level. And you know, it's funny, but you know, the the guy I am today, bro. Like, if y'all saw me as a kid, like if we was watching a movie and you got to watch me as a kid, you'd be like, oh, I know that's gonna be Duke. Because of things I was doing, yeah. right? I was doing stuff like painting like my converses and like with actual acrylic paint when I was in eighth grade wow. coming to school with a whole different pair of kicks. Like it was weird. Not weird. That's no, not it weird. Was, it's not it was, weird, it's but creative. it was real creative. Really and, creative. And like I think unique, yeah. right? And a lot of those things kind of trickle into who I am today. You saying if we watch the film, right? That would be interesting, right? If we could all see that. That just made each other, me think about it. That'd be crazy. How far off or how far are the same do you think you would be from who you grew up as to who you are today? I, I'm pretty spot on. I'm pretty spot on. I've got a lot of energy. My voice projects loud. Um, I can make a lot of, I could change a lot of people's moods. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm disciplined as. I've always been. I've always been disciplined. That's, I, I don't discipline for sure. I've so. always been disciplined. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder. Man, that's so interesting. I wonder what that's about because I've literally been the same exact person. Yo, it's pretty interesting. My right? whole life. Think about it. Damn me, am I tripping? It's pretty I've, interesting. I've been. I've been. I've been funny, smart. Want to talk about everything my entire my life. life. Yeah. Yeah. Always inquisitive. I'm gonna ask questions. Yep. I want to get to know you. Yep. You know, and, and I wonder. I wonder. You probably asked a lot of questions as a kid. Hella questions. My dad always told me there was no such thing as a stupid question. So I took advantage. Oh, you of one of them. Took advantage of it. Took advantage of every conversation. Why? Why every conversation? But you know what, though, man, there is, there is a, there is. It's interesting that Duke said he had to stand out. Right? You were loud. So. You being a middle child, this speaks to where you were born at too in your life. You being a middle child, mm-hmm. you you weren't the oldest, mm-hmm. you weren't the youngest. So it was like, man, well, I need to do something that makes people mm-hmm. understand that I'm here, like mm-hmm. I exist. You the oldest, it's a command in that. I was young, so I'm the youngest of four. 
extreme youngest of four. My older sibling is almost 10 years older than me. So mm -hmm. I had to pay attention. And if I wanted to learn, I had to ask questions. And I feel like the family dynamic as well too helps you stay consistent. I Thankfully, I never went through any crazy major changes within my family dynamic. And I don't think you guys went through any crazy major changes in your family dynamic. So that probably helped your growth stay pretty consistent mm -hmm. as well. I feel like a lot of traumas kind of throw people off and deviate people from who they could have been, who they were going to be, or what that looked like. But man, it's it's yeah, it's, nah, it's, actually, it's, interesting. it's actually really crazy. Now, now I'm thinking about it. You guys know I'll be. If you guys don't know, I'm really into like DIY stuff, right? Painting my room, painting just things. Like building, building things, fixing things, mounting things. Building. Bob the Builder. Who put wheels on his desk? Right. Bob the Builder ass boy. So I'm really interested in that life. Um, so now when I think about things I'm interested in as far as hobbies and those things go, and I think about when I was young, like this stuff started a long time ago. You know, when I used to untangle cords at the house from my controllers and all these things, it's crazy how it just translate into real life. But that would be dope if we could just watch. Yeah. I could watch a little Omar running around with a football and shit. That'd be crazy. That shit would be so, very, very interesting. Dude, I know that me and O, we got affirmations from our parents growing up, and they just kind of like put the, put the battery in our back on just who we were. Sometimes without us even realizing it, I want to ask you, in your times, in your tough moments, how do you affirm yourself and how do you get through those in confidence? Like, What are some of the things you tell yourself? What are some of the things that you do? And how do you get through those moments? I've gotten past every challenge in my life. Before. Right? So I look at the history. Mm. Data. I look at the history. I look at what's worked. I look at the challenges that, have, that I've overcome. Right? Like 1% of the 1%. You know? Like undrafted free agent. Keep going. Undrafted free agent. Right? So it's like, and my brother told me this too. He said, I don't know, man. Like, he, yeah. Duke always figure it out. And I, every junction of my life, I've always figured it out, right? And it may take long, and it may not be smooth, and I may make some wrong turns and bad decisions along the way, but I trust myself to figure it out because I always have, right? And I think that if you do something over and over and over again, that's your character. That's part of who you are. That's your identity. Mm -hmm. It wasn't luck. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like a one-time thing, and I was just like, yo, Anything else in my life now, I, I, I really trust me. I trust myself to make the best decisions in my relationship. I trust myself to lead my relationship. I trust myself to um, say no, right? I don't really regret saying no to certain things because I trust that what I'm saying no to is going to propel me to the right place and where I'm trying to get to, you know? Uh, I trust myself with... Who I say yes to and who I allow in my space and who I give time to and who I share things with. Um, I trust myself to take rest when I need it, right? I trust myself to push the limits when I need to, right? So, like, those are the things that give me solace, right? So, I'm a very, you know, emotionally intelligent, like, person that I, I value self-development and I really put a lot of work into just, like, my mindset. So... Yeah, man, those are things that I lean on. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag 
did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I had a question. I forgot what it was. I was just like kind of enthralled in what you What said. about you? What about you? When things get tough for you, or you owe, all right, when you when you start getting those mental, when those things, those those negative thoughts start creeping in. What do we tell ourselves? How do you yeah, what do you guys tell yourself when no one else is around? It's easier for me when no one else is around. I think the problem for me always comes when somebody wants me to explain how I'm gonna get out of it. I know me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know, but I just got faith that it's gonna yeah. happen. That's what I was gonna ask yeah. you, actually. I was gonna ask you. How do you communicate your your confidence in yourself to someone? Because for me, I'm a very, very just results driven. Like I could look at a look at a mountain and be like, I'm gonna get up there. And they'd be like, Well, you don't got no equipment. Like I, it's me. I figured out. I'll be good. Yeah. Now, I don't always feel comfortable in telling you how I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Because sometimes it's like, I'll figure out on the way up. Because it's not, like you said, it's not like a linear process. No. no. It's not just, hey, yo, I'm A, I'm Z, right? It's like, yo, I may be A, B, I may go back to A, I may go to Z. I may, like, it's a it's a complete whirlwind to try to get there. But you know the goal is to get there. So I want to ask you guys, right? This made me think about it. We're all in relationships and we're all in partnerships. It's a difference between just being in a relationship and being in a partnership. This is your partner that you're dealing with. So when you are facing a mountain and you're looking at a mountain, you stand at the bottom of it and you're looking up and she's next to you and she tugs on you. She's like, babe, so what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to get out of this? You know, you have confidence to get out of this, but you don't necessarily know how to communicate that on how we getting out of this. What is your, what, what's your play from there? Because, you know, that can add a, a lot of frustration to your partner and not knowing what's happening or what's going on. Yeah, well, you gotta lean on that. You gotta lean, lean in, and lean on the fact that there's a lot of things in your life that you didn't have the answers to, and it never stopped you before. And one obstacle or one tall mountain shouldn't stop us now. So what I'm gonna do is, is I'm gonna strap on this bungee around my waist. I'ma strap it around yours, and I'ma lead us up, and we're just gonna go. And we may have to take a couple steps back to take a couple steps to the right, maybe take a couple steps to the left to keep going, to keep progressing forward. But, you know, I'm confident that we're going to make it to the top. And sometimes you don't have, like you say, you don't have the actual GPS, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, to get to that final destination. But shit, I just, I just know, I just know by us sitting here, we're not getting any, any closer. Mm. So it's important to just move. Mm -hmm. And sometimes through movement, you'll figure out what the plan is. The way it's going to open up. The ways will just open up. Yep. The way, but if we just sit here, what, what, what we call that, um, um, over paralysis, um, uh, over analysis leads to paralysis. Yep. You know what I mean? We just stuck. I'm thinking too much about what the plan is going to be. Man, sometimes you just got to just take a leap of faith and just move. You know what I mean? And spiritual dudes, spiritual woman, spiritual household, you know, we believe in God. So sometimes that's all you need to just move forward. Yeah, man, I think for me, it's like, yo, you chose me, you know? Hey, yo, you chose me, so. <laughs> Boy. Hey, so we going this way. Hey, 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 hey yo, you, I, you, you chose me. Mm -hmm. I chose you, you chose me. So this is what you chose. Yeah. 
right? So this is this is where like we you're gonna come across um, moments in your relationship where someone's skills and talents and what what we're made for is gonna come up, right? And this is my time, so. You just gotta follow. You just gotta go with my flow, mm-hmm. right? So I'm gonna say, yo, let me figure it out. All right, so I may just walk around a little bit, just try to see. Okay, come on. Yep. Right, but you chose me. Yep. You know what I mean. So that's the only option. You know, speaking of you, you chose me. I always t- when me and Brittany were talking and facing things like that. It's like because you chose me, I'm not asking you to trust me. Trust you. Mm. You made the decision. That's what I'm saying. Trust you. So it's like, how can we get through this? Just trust the decision you made. I do. That's mm. so why I don't question it. Whether, it. whether it looks clear or not, like, you know, the same way where we have faith within our spirituality, you got to have faith in your relationship too. Everything is not going to be laid out and cleared and gold paved and just not that. You know, I think that is when we're talking about marriage and people questioning marriage and are you ready? It's like, hey, yo, it's it's so many things that you got to go through and to create mindset and understanding. So like you said, it's not just that we're getting married, but it's that we stand married. And for some people, that takes six months. Some people, that takes six years. Right. It, 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 you, can't, you can't dictate anybody else's timeline because of your experiences. Right. So that is so important to me. It's just like, yo, just... Outside of trusting me, trust you. Trust you decision. decided to be here. You chose me. Trust your decision. Just trust your decision, right? This <laughs> this decision been made a long time ago. You already you already signed mm-hmm. up for the decision. You already signed up. We don't even have to. We don't even have to have this conversation now. We already signed up. Yeah. So when you when you with somebody, you, all right, let's roll. This is my job. This is where I step in and say, all right, look, this is my turn to shine. Yeah. You know, so we got to get up this mountain. Let's go, baby. You know, <laughs> you got to trust you. So, like, that's just kind of, it's not too It's not too much conversation in, when, that, when that happens, right? And I think what's frustrating for a lot of guys is having to explain those moments when we when it's not even clear for us, like yep. you said. That's yeah. where the frustration it's, comes it's, from. It's very hard. It's very hard to, to explain those moments um, when it's not, when it's not clear, clear to us. But then also, we don't need any like insertions of doubt. Doubt. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? We don't need any no. insertions of doubt. Yep. I just want to know that, yo, like because I have a history of leading us, right, and making decisions, because if we at this point, I've done something We're right. We're pretty well. I've yep. done something right. Right? I'm just one of I want my woman to just like, all right, look, I don't know if my man got it, but I'm sticking beside him. Put that battery in my back. I'm sticking beside him, and we're gonna rock. We're gonna, mm-hmm. we're gonna, you know, we're gonna flow wherever he take us right now. You know what I'm saying? I think that, you know, men want to have that type of feeling because it gives us the power and gives us the the motivation to just like get to the top by any means. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how you end up sacrificing yourself for your woman because you know she believed in you, so you want to make sure you make good on that belief. Mm-hmm. Said that really well. Are you yeah. a words of affirmation guy? Ah oh, man, I'm, I may be. Uh, I, I may so. be. I know. Oh, 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 definitely. Yeah, most definitely. Man, I'm, I'm a, I'm a whatever. I feel like is gonna help me be a better guy. guy. Yeah. All right. So I, I can <laughs> catch myself being a physical touch guy. Yeah. Whatever. Like, 
I said, yeah, I told, I told Brittany the other day. I said, baby, you haven't touched me today. You told her that? Yeah. I, I, you ain't even touched me before. You haven't touched you. me today. What's wrong and, with you? You know, then it's like, oh. So I, I, all five love languages are needed. All of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like every single one of them is needed. So, man. It's interesting, huh? It is. It is. Just like the whole dynamic of relationship in conjunction of who you are is really interesting. Yo, they have a... Um just separate thought, right? I just want to remind you guys that are listening and watching. If we have a guest, please be nice to them. Please. Please be nice to them. Please please keep in mind that people are doing us favors coming on this show sometimes. And we always want to create a healthy atmosphere, you know, in person and online for people to feel comfortable. We want people to feel like they can have an opinion on the show without being harassed and without being disrespected. So just be mindful of that. Like I believe that here at Nice and Neat, I want to believe our audience is polished and as respectful of other people's opinions, you know, the same way that we are. Um, so just be like, just be mindful of that. All right. Be mindful of that because, you know, social bullying is not cool. You know what I mean? Especially when it's a woman involved. Um, so just be mindful of that, man. We we would like to see. It's not all y'all fault, but we would just like to see, you know, you guys be better in that regard. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. I second that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, y'all, really appreciate you guys for rocking with us for another episode. Thank you for watching. Thank you for tapping in. Thank you for listening. If you are watching this right now, okay, if you are kicking back, and you're watching the big screen on YouTube, go ahead and snap a shot of the screen, post it on your story, tag us um, so we can show you some love. Uh, make sure you are tapped in with us and subscribe to all of our streaming platforms. Make sure you are following us on all of our social platforms. Um, that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, that's Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, all Patreon. of the above, and Patreon, of course. Um, you can follow myself at Duke, follow Omar at Omar.Bowden, and Jalan at just Jalan. All right. Until next time, much love, much gratitude. I'm Duke. I'm Omar. And I'm Jalan. And that's another episode of Nice and Neat. And that's that on that. I'll be the one to take the risk to go and get them bands. I'll be the one to never sit and go and make a plan. Knowing my mother getting old and I don't got no time. Gotta keep a couple for the road the rest get left behind. Yeah. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.